Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. How's it going, Pastor Nick? I'm living the dream. <laughs> living the dream. He's stealing my lines now. I see that. Yeah. Living the dream. Well, I get to... Uh, we have a guest coming. That's right. Hanoch. Hanoch Young is yeah. coming. And uh, I'm picking him up from the airport this afternoon. He's our tour guide for Israel. He's Jewish. And um, we've had a great relationship with him. And uh, he's going to be with us all week. Praise God. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, Hanuk's a good guy. We might even get him for another podcast interview. You can actually search and see other interviews that I've done with him. This Hanuk, is true. But, he's got some good new stuff. But I Like hear, what's happening in Israel. And, right. Current events. Yeah, current events. Yeah, it'll be interesting to get it from his it'll, perspective. It will be good. And, you know, he one of the cool things about him is he deals with so many different kinds of people from all over the world. Oh, yeah. So as a tour guide in Israel, you got to think there's people coming from every continent, you know, every country, and he's he's dealing with all different kinds of people, right. different religious backgrounds and denominations, Jews, Christians, Muslims. And so uh, he's got an interesting perspective, you know, and it's 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 cool. Uh, he's also a New Yorker, you know, so he's, he's cool. So um, I think he's from, uh, is he from Brooklyn? Something like that, the Bronx, Brooklyn, something, New York. It's all, yeah, he's Joanne from a borough. And Eddie and I think, I don't know if Jeff Calder's from New York. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, we got a bunch of people from New York. Let's do so it. Let's we do are in Florida. Axe. People just get on I-95 and they keep driving. I want to ax up, come on. So uh, if this is your first time here, we are Christians with Torah. That means uh, we're Christians, we believe in the basic Christian doctrines. And we believe that the whole Bible, from Genesis all the way to maps, is relevant to believers today. We put emphasis on the Torah. Why? Because nobody else is doing it, right? We believe that we can take the principles that God puts in His Word, and we can apply them to our lives today, and that it makes our lives better. Amen? And uh, why don't we just do Bible things in Bible ways, you know? Because we could do Bible things in pagan ways, or Bible things in worldly ways. Right. But why not just do the Bible things in the Bible ways? Yeah, take right? it literal. Let's do it. Like live a biblical faith. At least that's the way we think of it. So speaking of biblical faith, uh, right now on the Jewish calendar, we're still in the three weeks of affliction right. uh, as we're recording this. We're recording this on Tuesday, July 25th. Happy birthday to my dad. Yeah. Um, but uh, tomorrow night begins the ninth of off. Yeah. And this is the commemoration of the destruction of both temples and a myriad of other yeah. awful things that have happened. Because it was kicked off on Tammuz 17, to the, which is July 5th right. in the evening. And so a myriad of awful through. things have happened to the Jewish people on the ninth of Av, which we're not going to get into the list of it. Just know that bad things. And so we as Christians, we have the blood of Yeshua covering us, right? We know that we're not afflicted today, that we're not looking for the affliction to show up right now. However, it is a good time of reflection to look at the mistakes that our people, right, both Christians and Jews, biblical, you know, people that we have the account of and learn from the mistakes that have been made in the past so that we don't have to repeat them. That's it. Amen? Yeah, that's good. It is good. So, what are we doing today? We're in the book of Acts. Yeah, we are. We're in chapter 5. We're going to do verses 1 through 16 today. And uh, the title of our first section here is Ananias and Sapphira. I think I'm just, I'm going to read first. Oh, praise God. Just let you kick this thing off. Go for it, please. Kick this thing off. Don't threaten me with a good time. All right. Acts chapter 5. Verses 1 through 6. Here we go. Ananias and Sapphira. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, Carried him out and buried him. That's right. Wow. 
Wow. Okay. So, uh, a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife. Okay, so together, right? We have Ananias and Sapphira as the characters we're introducing right now. Uh, sold a possession. So, uh, this possession, our understanding, is based on uh, Barnabas in the previous chapter selling his property and then bringing the money, right? That this was like a thing that people were doing. They saw Barnabas was elevated to some status. And the, you know, idea here is that, you know, out of love for the ministry and, and what people are doing, Ananias and Sapphira wanted to get a little piece of that status. So at least that's how it appears, right? And so they sold the possession. And instead of just bringing back the whole thing, right, they held back a piece of it, right? It says they kept back. Now, um, what's interesting is this word kept back is, uh, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it. It's like nosfizomahi, right? Which I guess I just did attempt it. Nosvizo. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, it has the connotation of it being done clandestinely, right? So it's one thing to say kept back, but this is to sequestrate, i.e. to embezzle. All right. So in other words, when you make a commitment or a vow to the Lord, just like we read about in Deuteronomy in the Torah portion this week, right, or this past week, and it talks about making a vow and keeping it, when you come before, you know, the council of God's people and you make a commitment to something, right, when you then don't do that thing, you're now taking something that really belongs to the Lord. So they kept it back. Yeah. All right. That bullet point is pretty good. Yep, and it says uh, they kept back the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet, right? So Ananias means gift of the Lord, right? And we, we actually encounter another character named Ananias that goes to Paul, right? So, so this is one Ananias, and he dies. So we know that this is not the one that goes to Paul. And there's another Ananias uh, later on in the book of Acts that we're going to wow. encounter. And then Sapphira literally means sapphire, or blue sapphire, yeah. right? And so the couple kept back part of the price. Kept back is the Greek nosviso. I see here. You got it, right? And put aside uh, for oneself to keep back in a secret and dishonest way. It is an uncommon word, which was used also in the Septuagint in the story of Achan, right? In Joshua 7.1. So this is, if you know the story good, good of Achan, point, yeah. they take Jericho. Jericho is a tithe city. Clothing and gold bars, right? I think, or silver bars he kept. All of the spoil is supposed to go to the Lord, and Achan hides some of the spoil, keeps it for himself in his, his little camp or his little tent. And then unfortunately, uh, he's found out, right? Because something happens to the camp and the Lord points him out and then they stone Achan and his whole family, right? So we're, we're comparing this same word because, in, again, in the Greek uh, Septuagint, which is the translation of the Hebrew scriptures in Greek that happened about 300 years, two to 300 years before Yeshua, uh, came, you know, his advent, right, on the earth, First Advent, uh, that they use the same word to describe what Achan did when he kept back the spoil, right? A dishonest way of hiding something. And so, uh, we back some of the spoils from Jericho uh, that were dedicated to God. Now, again, in both cases, they're keeping something that belonged to the Lord. Why? Because right. in both cases, this was purported to be dedicated to the Lord. So right. Kind of going to see, um, see the uh, the comparison here. So. Um, verses 3 through 4, it says, But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine, in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. So this wasn't just bad behavior. Right. Because he's... You know, right? He says he's lying to the Holy behind, Spirit. So Satan is behind the lie. Oh, absolutely! Wow. So even after the Holy Spirit had come, That's the not believers good. were not immune to Satan's temptations. Satan's behind the lie, right? Because it says here, right? Peter declares that Ananias was heart was filled with Satan. Satan filled thine heart, right, to lie. And so, um, although Satan was defeated by Christ at the cross, he was still actively trying to make the believers stumble, as he still does even to this day. So Satan's overthrow is inevitable, but it will not occur until the last days when Christ returns to judge the world. Yeah. So this is, this is you know, unfortunate. And, and it made me think, like, are there... That's in Revelation 20.10, so yeah. He's, when, he's going in. When you have believers fire. in the church today uh, that are... Cause, and I think this is part of the confusion. I think you actually make this point, one of the bullet points here, about were they believers or not? 
right? Yeah, that was part of the, um, what do you call it? Bible. Oh, the Life application, application Bible. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we don't really know where their faith was, but it seemed like, well, they had to be because they were giving. But then again, that's just, you know. No, this this is this is a conundrum. There's definitely some things here that are left open-ended for us to just take heed to, right? Because I think sometimes we'll try to get into the weeds on something like that, and the point is don't do what Ananias and Sapphira did. Right? That's the lesson. Well, they were made an example, yeah. Right. Exactly right. And, it's, and sometimes it seems unfair, but the examples have to happen in order for the people to heed the example, right? Right. Just like Achan. Right. right. So twice Ananias was charged with keeping part of the income from the land, indicating that he must have claimed that he was dedicating the whole to the Lord's work. His sin was the lie, claiming to be doing more than he did. So I guess in that same vein, if he would have just come and said, hey, we sold this property, we're going to take half of that money and we're going to give it to you guys for the ministry. Yeah, if you need to read that next bullet point, you're, so, you're so Peter made clear the voluntary yeah, nature of the church's charity. Ananias did not have to give anything. Note, that whereas Peter accused Ananias of lying to the Holy Spirit in verse 3, here he says that he has lied to God, showing that the Holy Spirit is a person and that he himself is divine. Lying is characteristic of Satan and exactly opposite the character of God who cannot lie. Not that God will not lie. God cannot let's lie. Let's read that, John eight forty four. Let, let me read that. Go ahead. Yeah, let, let, let's check this out, you know. This is, this is really good. Um, so I guess we could say Satan's in politics and he's in the government. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's Satan terrible. certainly can lie. Okay. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no, no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He's going after those religious leaders, but right. I'm telling you, shoo. The father of lies. Well, and then to contrast oh that with gosh. Proverbs chapter thirty, verse five. What about all the lies against Israel? Oh, it's, it's that are propagated even right now. I all know. the lies centered around like the judicial reform is insanity to me. Yeah. So, uh, chapter thirty, verse five uh, of Proverbs says, "Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him." So, you can trust what God says. Right? There's other verses here that say God cannot. That God will not lie, but God cannot lie. It is outside of the nature of God to lie. So it's not that he's just deciding, oh, he won't, and that someday he can decide that he will, right? It says he cannot lie because he, he cannot lie. I mean, and, and for being the sovereign of the universe to not be able to do something is an interesting conundrum that's a, to that's, me. That's a good point to make, that he, he, can, he, he is without sin. Yeah. Um, I think it might be Titus chapter 1, verse 2. Let me see if I can just pull that real quick. Titus, which is... Timothy, then Titus. All right. The epistle to Titus. It was chapter... Where am I at? Verse, chapter 1, verse 2. All right. Uh, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Right? That the promise that God gave us is that we will have eternal life through his Son, and he cannot lie, which means it has to be true. Amen? Amen. All right, then it says here, uh, verses 5 and 6, And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out, and buried him. So great fear, right? This is the word phobos. Actually, fear is the word phobos. Great is the word mega. So it's mega phobos, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And it's really megas, megas phobos. There's a lot of S's on the end of these words. So fear is, uh, in response to a manifestation of God's presence, involves both reverent awe and a healthy fear of God's displeasure and discipline. And so phobos uh, is where we get the word phobia, right? Oh, that's right. Phobos. Right? So it's like uh, arachnophobia is the fear of spiders, right? Uh, or, you know, agoraphobia is the fear of leaving the house, I think, right? Things like that. All right, so I guess I'm going to read... Um, Chapter 5 of Acts, verses uh, 7 through 11. And it says, uh, And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what has do- uh, what was done, came in. ruh <laughs> And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yeah, for so much. 
Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her uh, by her husband. Because the Jews bury the same day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they put him in a tomb, right? Well, that's what the, when you die, you're buried. Yep, yep, yep. That's within 24 hours, I think it is. And it says, And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. I remember one time I was trying to catch the funeral of uh, a cantor, a Jewish man that I had met uh, when I was working at the gym. Awesome Holocaust survivor. He used to come and sit and talk with me all you the time. You told me about that. Yep. And I remember I tried to, I, I looked at the thing and it says that he was going to, his uh, burial was on Monday. And it was Monday that day. So I was thinking, okay, that's got to be. In a week, you know, because in, so in American, missed I missed it. I showed up that Monday to the synagogue, and they were like, that was last Monday. And I'm like, dang. I know. <laughs> so I didn't realize how quick they Wow, they see, God was revealing uh, the Jewish culture to you back then. Right then, yep. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's good. All wow, right. That's good. You're up. Oh, wow. Whew, this is what a great honor. Hey. <laughs> so when Peter asked Sapphira whether she sold the land for so much... She repeated the lie, stating the partial amount the couple had given. Yikes. You know, Peter informs Sapphira of her impending impending death before it happened. It's kind of interesting. It reminds me of Moses telling Korah and all the people, you know, let me just let you know, the earth is going to swallow you up. I'm like, what? How do you get that, you know? Yeah. So um, the note of divine judgment is unmistakable. The text does not give enough information uh, to know if Ananias and Sapphira were false believers or if they truly belonged to the Lord despite their uh, egregious sin. Uh, one could view the event as God's removal from the young Christian community of the distrust and disunity provoked by the couple's dishonesty. It was a time when the Spirit was especially present in the community, blessing it with unity of fellowship and the power of miracles. That same power brought judgment to those who by their actions denied this unity and power. It was no match for the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, once again, to be made an example. Um, I mean, my thing is, um, there's the principle. Yeah. It's pretty tough. It's pretty tight. It makes sense. And that's what happened. Um you know, there's a lot of things playing here. Why did, you know, we, we can get into some other examples of God taking people and making them an example. Uh, he could do that to us. So, um, you know, um, in Acts 5.11, you know, and the word judgment, you know, when you think about it, it's a, it's a, it's rendering a, a, you know, a final statement or verdict. So they were worthy of death. So God just took them. You know? Right. I mean, you know, well, Aaron I, did the golden calf. God could have took him. And, and clearly this was making an example of them, as you mentioned. Yeah. And the Spirit of God did it, right? Uh, it, it's funny. One of the things that I was thinking about is I wonder, like, if there were rumors that Peter killed them. Right. You know, or the disciples killed them or something along those lines. And I, the, I think the reason that that's not even mentioned here. Uh, and and I, I, that's just me coming up with like a thought that it's not anything that's mentioned or anything I've ever seen. But the thing that makes me think that that the reason it's not mentioned that there were no rumors about it was because there must have been a lot of people there that witnessed what happened. Well, it's just like this word fear. Great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. So now you've got, you know, Sapphira dying, but there was fear when Ananias died. Yeah, you know, it says right there and great fear came on all them that heard these things. So word of God now, boom, they're like, oh, my gosh. And then, and, and then Ananias goes, and that's Sapphira. Yeah. So in God's judgment on Ananias and Sapphira produced shock and fear among the believers, making them realize how seriously God regards sin in the church. Ananias and Sapphira also revealed through their actions that they didn't really believe God is who he says he is. They were trying to appear as devout as Barnabas. And they put their own need for a claim and desire for approval ahead of humbly serving God. You know, I call them like riding the coats, you know, of your faith. Riding your, uh, you know, tailcoats of faith, you know. People imitating, copying. Right. Like I, I tell people, you know, when you come here, practice your faith the way you want to. 
Mm-hmm. Don't get up and dance unless you believe it and you want to be a part of it. Don't wave a flag unless you believe in it. You know, don't yeah. do a tambourine unless you believe it. You know, don't don't try to imitate. Practice your faith. Sure. You know, if, if you're wondering, well, Pastor Nick has got maracas, then I like my maracas. I practice my faith. I do a little Sephardic Jewish worship, you know. So, so yeah, the, this, the, the word fear, once again, is the Greek word phobos, and it means alarm or fright, be afraid. The connotation is terror. Yeah. So I'll let you interject and yeah. have a discussion. So uh, Ananias and Sapphira made me think of, um, they made me think of uh, Nadab and Abihu and Korah, right? Which I know you mentioned those you in the next. You want to bring that up for the discussion? For the not page? yet, because here's what oh, I want to oh, talk yet. about. Mm. I want to talk about people wanting status and position. Oh. Because the way I see it in like, say, Korah's position, and I almost feel more for Korah than I do for Ananias and Sapphira, because Ananias and Sapphira are outright lying, Right. Versus, like, say, Korah's situation, which we talked about Korah, what, a couple couple Torah portions ago in, in the book of Numbers. In Korah's position, you know, we have that old saying, familiarity breeds contempt. All of these guys are, are, are cousins. They're all Levites. Korah is a Levite. Korah is cousins with Moses and Aaron. Clearly, Moses and Aaron have been elevated to a higher, you know, or a, a set-apart status where they have this job. Right. And the rest of the Levites are moving furniture— folding up blankets and, and tapestries and, you know, uh, moving poles and, you know, all those different things that, that the, the other Levites are being left to do. And then they see that all this work they're doing is to support the work of Moses and Aaron. That's a good point. And they're looking at Aaron like, bro, like, I remember when you was a kid and we were doing yeah. this or that, right? Because it's familiarity. And at this point, it's not like there's a whole class of Cohen's because, like, later on you get to, like, the time of David in the temple— uh, or in Solomon in the temple, and you have like thousands of Cohens and tens of thousands of Levites. And there's a, a separation between the Cohens and the Levites, even though they're all Levites. So let me just interject, because you, you, you made a good point about Nadab and Abihu and Korah. So let's let's interject this. Okay. So the issue is their lives were taken. They made a mistake. Their lives were taken. So right, let, let right, me just right. break it down. Right. So Nadab and Abihu broke protocol and did not follow instructions for the tabernacle. Right. So what they did is they broke protocol. They did not follow those instructions when the tabernacle was fully erected, fully operating, the sacrifice was going to be going, and they did not do that. So God's like, oh, you broke protocol. You know, um, you know, with that, I can bring King Uzziah into the fold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he touched the thing or whatever. So, yeah. Well, no, no. King Uzziah was oh, the one yeah, who yeah, wanted right. to light the incense. Yeah. That's another one, too, though. So anyway, King Uzziah wanted to light the incense, mm-hmm. and he's a he's not a priest; he's a king. Yeah. If you go back and read it, and I don't have time. I'm going to add this on here as my examples, but as you look at it, he did not follow product protocol. He he wanted a different position. Well, I can do this, and what happened is he he made his way through eighty priests. That's what the Bible says. I thought, wow, eighty people tried to stop him. I imagine this. Is or they are in the way. People, you know, psh, I don't psh, know whether trying to hold him, and he, <laughs> but but for him. That is stubbornness to the degree that I don't even know. Oh, for sure. I mean, so anyway, once he did that, leprosy broke out from the top of his head, and he became a leper, and he died a leper. So so he broke protocol. He didn't follow the order of, of being a king. He wanted to be a priest, and he stepped out of line. And this is why it's so important, whether it's listening or watching, don't break protocol. Don't go in somebody else's lane. Don't try to do something else for your life that, that you're not supposed to be doing, because he has something for all of us to do. So I can't take the role of something else when he's given me a role you know right so so keep that in mind number two Korah came against Moses and Aaron's leadership so so he he wanted a position uh that's what he wanted he wanted a position so we see all these reasons of of why God would take someone um just like with Korah God chose Aaron as the high priest and Moses as a deliverer he's the he's the man but Korah overstepped his identity and his role by saying well I want it and so God says, okay, well, then the earth swallowed him up. So basically what God was saying to Korah is that I chose Aaron and not you. So, okay. So exactly. That's why when people would challenge me in my position, in my role, they need to be careful. Sure. Because if they bring harm to me or my family or this church, the repercussions could be limitless. I, I don't know what they could entail. Right. But you could be a Nadab and a Behu, a Korah. Ananias Sapphira in the New Testament, like even today in the times which we're living. Yeah. So we'll have to ask ourselves that. Sometimes we may know, maybe we won't know. But, you know, God forbid that you want to take my role, 
because yeah. I know my role and I and I pronounce it, and I say it. You have your role. Yeah, I don't know, know why anybody would want your role. <laughs> this is true. I mean, yeah, I haven't found one yet. I mean, just just like um, from watching from the inside, you know, like, you know like, it's, all the it's, stuff worth, that, it's worth it though. When I think about it, if I just do the right, well, you thing, have to be I called can, to it for it. sure. Yeah, for sure, people have to be called. Yeah. I mean, being a pastor's got to be one of the hardest jobs out there, right? It's just, no, you know what? I'll tell you what's hard is a principal of a school. Because you got to deal with students, teachers, and parents. Mm, interesting. I know. I thought about that as a principal, you know, because I was thinking about my, my uh, the principal where my kids go to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I always commend her on that. Hey, you're an awesome principal. You know, you have a harder job than me. Interesting. She was, like you said, yeah, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I said, yeah, well, yeah. you've got students, teachers, and parents yeah, coming yeah. at you. I just have a bunch of, you know, renegade sheep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the connection I'm trying to make between Cora and Ananias and Sapphira is the vying for position, just like Miriam and Aaron. Oh, wanting to be something you're not. Right. Oh, wow. So, so just like Miriam and Aaron. That's a good point. Because again, familiarity breeds contempt. That is a good point. Right. You have this this group that is, you know, brothers and sisters. Like I remember when you were in diapers. Moses. That's a good like, point. Like we can we can yeah they weren't we can Jesus hear from the, the Lord. Remember? Yeah. We can we can hear from the Lord too. Uh, you know, Moses and, and obviously then, you know, we know that Miriam ended up, um, leprous and then obviously the Lord healed her because Moses, you know, prayed, you know, on her behalf or interceded for her. But I'm looking at the previous chapter where we have Barnabas and Barnabas clearly got some accolades or some love from giving of the property. And so Barnabas did it, or at least it appears for the right reasons and with the right heart. He gave it he, he laid it, and then because of he had the right heart, then it's almost like when, when Solomon prays for wisdom and God gives him riches, yeah, right? Yeah. He didn't pray for the, if he would have gotten If he would have prayed for the riches, he probably would have gotten neither. Or having riches without wisdom is no good. You, you Make sense? So in this case, Barnabas gets some position, obviously, within the disciples' you know, inner administration. Ananias and Sapphira, I believe, want this same type of a reaction, but they're not willing to pay the price to get it, right? Because they're still trying to hold on to it. And when we looked at, again, the tour portion from this past week with Devarim, where we're talking about the leaders of tens, the leaders of fifties, leaders of hundreds, leaders of thousands, and we go back to uh, the, the tour portion Jethro, where Jethro and Moses go over, like, what are the right. qualifications to be one of these right. leaders? It talks about not taking bribes. It talks about being a, a, of integrity, right? Not lying. And if Ananias and Sapphira are coming in, trying to get their way into the inner circle by paying their way in that's a good and point. lying as they're doing it, that's a good point. then there's no telling what type of damage they would do going forward, right? And so the, obviously the Lord says, no, we can't have this. Boom. And he strikes him dead. Yeah, he made an example of him, I right. tell you. And then the other thing is he like... He could have done that to Aaron. He made the golden calf. Yeah, I put this in there. Look what came out. That's right. But he didn't. No, Aaron gets a pass. I'm I don't sure know how Aaron gets like, a pass. That was but, a close one. The, um, middle, the middle child. You, you put the two together, right? And, and I come to this conclusion. I think there's a lot of people out there. One of the reasons we put emphasis on Torah is to show the connection between the New Testament and the Old Testament, right? Or the quote-unquote Old Testament. We have the prophetic scriptures and we have the apostolic scriptures. There's really no old and new. But, but everybody knows old and new. So you put the two together, and that's the only example you can come up with, really, is, is Korah and Ananias and Sapphira, right? Being struck dead for the thing that they're doing right there in the moment they're doing it. And so there's a lot of people out there in the, in the mainstream church that think that, like, Jesus is the fun-loving vegan hippie, yeah. and, and that, there is no, that the God of the Old Testament is like an angry grandpa, like, get off my lawn, right? And he's, you know, just wiping people out and killing people, and that, that it's a different God in the New Testament. There's the God of the Old Testament and the God yeah. of the New Testament. Right. Things like this show us very clearly, especially once you get to Revelation, but here, that it's the same God, right? He's holy, he's righteous, he will not be mocked, and you do not go and mock him to his face. You know, and in this case, that's what Ananias, it's a fire effect. That's true, that's what, he, that's what he said. Well, Peter made two little, he made little, two little statements. He said, you know, Satan entered your heart. Yeah. Uh, you lied to God, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. No bueno. It's not good. Um, all right. So you're up to read uh, Acts chapter twelve or chapter five, verses twelve through sixteen. Many signs. Acts chapter and wonders. five, verses twelve through sixteen. Many signs and wonders. Right. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. 
and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might over- overshadow some of them. Might overshadow some of them. Well, uh, let's see that again. Oh, yeah, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Wow, that was neat. Verse 16 in chapter 5 of Acts. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Wow. Wow, so, so infirmities and demonic activity all taken care of. Right. Wow. So this is interesting. So, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. So uh, one thing I want to mention is Solomon's porch is in the temple. Uh, it's on the temple mount, and it's also called Solomon's colonnade. And if you look at like a depiction of the temple, like you can Google, you know, temple of, you know, in Jerusalem, you'll see that along the edges, there's these building looking things that go along with lots of columns. And it's an open air hallway, basically. And I would compare this to what, like the halls of power, like the halls of Congress. So like I ran into powerful people because I was walking in the halls of the, you know, the, the Capitol building, you know? And I I think in in John, he he went there to celebrate Hanukkah. He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. It says he was on Solomon's porch and it was the feast of dedication. And so the Christians had prayed uh, back in Acts uh, chapter 4 for God to grant them power and boldness, if you remember, to yeah. perform signs and wonders. Mm. So, and, and we, we were you know, commending them at that point, right? Because they, they were not praying that God would make the oppressors go away. They were praying right. that God would give them power and boldness right. to continue the work in spite of that, right. which I thought you know, is a good example for us today. And then comes this verse. I, I think this is interesting, too. It says, and, and of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them, and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. Now, to me, these two verses seem to be at odds with each other. Okay, It says, because And if you don't understand the King James English here, this word durst is dared, right? And it says, of the rest are those that were remaining. So not the disciples, right, uh, or the Ananias and Sapphira, but of the rest of the people, nobody dared join themselves to them. Okay, so this is the verse 13. And then the next verse says, but the people magnified them and, be- and believers were more, uh, the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. So like the one says, nobody dared add themselves to them. And then tons of believers were added to them. So what this tells us is that they're not contradicting each other. They're literally two sentences, you know, back to back. I think that the first sentence is saying nobody dared try to elevate themselves to the status of Peter and the other apostles. Right. Yeah, because the fear of the Lord was on them. Correct. Like you came before Peter and you died. If you if you had <laughs> if you, you lied know, yeah. right. Your um, lie detectors. And this this goes to like the humility piece where like, you know, you sit in the back and let them bring you to the front. You don't just go put yourself in the front and then have to be told to go to the back, that type of scenario. You but, know, you know, it's funny that you said that because like I was thinking about like lie detector tests. Yeah. And I said something one time during the teaching and I said, you know, they have the most incredible technology now that you can actually put demon detectors in the front of your church. And it will detect any kind of demonic activity or familiar spirits, you know, and, and I kind of just went on. Somebody came up to me. Somebody came up to me afterwards. They said, really? There's demon detectors? I said, no. I mean, we would be the demon detectors, right? I mean, like. It would probably the, go off on me. The discernment so of spirit. So what do you worry? I'm not calling you out. <laughs> hey, the pastor went through the demon detector, just went off. They got uh, to put him off to the yeah, side Yeah, you walk now. through it when you come through the door. They just took the pastor to the, the room to check him and <laughs> ask him some questions. That's too funny. I know, but just think about that, though. If that was true, we would have the guts to come in here and say, I got clean hands and a pure heart. Yeah. Or I've dealt with my stuff. All right, you come on in. So I also don't want to brush over the fact that it says that many signs and wonders were wrought among the people by the, the apostles. Uh, wow. I, I don't want to 
want to pass by that because it's not just the story of Ananias and Sapphira and them being struck dead. It's also healings. Good came out and, of this. Right. There's lots of other signs and wonders that the apostles did. Uh, and then that's why the people magnified them and that many believers were added because the Lord, through the signs and wonders, gave them credibility. And uh, you know what else I was thinking about was that this verse, verse 13, uh, is I think also one of the reasons that some people are what they call cessationists, right? They believe that the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, the signs and wonders that come along with it were uh, ceased, right? They uh, win uh, after the apostles. And they'll state that, like, there's no example of the apostles bestowing their mantle. Like, Peter didn't go to the next generation and bestow it on the next right. person. And, you know, Mark didn't do the same, right? There's right. these examples, or Matthew, I apologize, didn't do the same, Bartholomew, so on and so forth, John. Right. And so... Um, you have so you have these things over here where this thing happened with Ananias and Sapphira, but you have all these other signs and wonders. And so then the question is, what makes Christianity attractive? Right. right? People were attracted to the early church by the expression of God's power at work, by the generosity, sincerity, honesty, and unity of the members. Man, we could all use just a whole helping. I know. Like I want to go to the buffet. I want to get some generosity. I, I want to get some sincerity. I want to get some honesty and yeah. some unity. It's you know? true, and, and you, you know who's sincere. I'm going to be like that person where, like, the, the, that's too much for that one plate, you know? I have to get another plate. Uh, and so, and by the character and wisdom of the leaders. And so these guys were revered as the apostles of God. Now, today, it is easy to be drawn to churches because of programs, eloquent speakers, beautiful facilities, or preferred styles of worship have our standards slipped. <laughs> It's funny because I was like, yeah, uh, nah, I don't care about the elegant speakers or the programs, but then when, and, or beautiful facilities. But when you got to preferred styles of worship, I was like, man, I mean, the Hebrew to the Christian faith is my preferred style of worship. Right. Now, I can go and visit other places, but I definitely choose Beit Tehillah because of my preferred style of worship. Right. right? That's good. Um, and have our standards slipped? As a body of believers, yes. Are there exceptions? Are there people? I'm right. sure everybody listening you know, in their own hearts <laughs> would good. believe that their standards yeah. have not slipped. But I agree that uh, we all have to keep ourselves in check to keep our standards where they should be, right? Mm. On keeping the main thing the main thing and, you know, making the worship of God in the name of his son, Yeshua, um, you know, the priority. So, all right, verses uh, 15 and 16, our last two verses uh, for today. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Interesting. You know, this thing about the shadow of Peter, uh, it makes me think of this verse 13 again, where dared no man to put themselves on the same level. But I have heard message after message after message how we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be walking in the things of God, and that our shadow falling on others might be, you know, whatever. And I've heard different iterations of that teaching, you know. You, you know, I, I'll have to say, Ryan, that, you know, um, as I would go through a circumstance or circumstances, which is very interesting, mm -hmm. I've discovered that I carry my authority with me and my confidence mm -hmm. and my passion. Mm -hmm. So even though you might be going through something, don't neglect your anointing or yeah. your position. Sure. Especially if you're out there and you can minister to somebody or you experience something. Like, you know, I experienced like three things at Books a Million. One, uh, boom, 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 you know, right there. And, and it's like, oh, you know. And I felt like the Lord was comforting me and yeah, assuring yeah, me, yeah, giving yeah. me assurance. Because like, that's never happened before. You just don't see stuff like that. So I've had some divine appointments and things happen around me that really is kind of like, you know, that's, that's good, Lord. Thank you. That was awesome, you know. So, so I want to encourage everyone uh, in that regard that we can go and do signs and wonders. And, 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 and another thing, too, is uh, that came to my thought was, a lot of times you're in a situation and, and, and someone will tell you something and you'll say, well, I'll pray for you. We should pray right then and there. Yeah, I agree. I, I just practice that right now. It doesn't really even matter. You know, um, I've, I've had a, uh, a situation that I won't get into, but it was a little bit of a, uh, um, you know, it was, an, it was an event that happened between me and this stranger. And I looked at him and I said, um, can I pray? Yeah. And the guy reached, gave me his hands. Oh. 
this happened last week. Yeah. And so we had a situation that happened. And, and so I, I just, I got his hands. I just prayed for him and I prayed about the situation and I just blessed him. Aww. And the, the shock, like, what was that? You know? And so I kind of let him off on something. So I tell you what, Ryan, you practice it, man. You really do. Yeah. Because you don't really think about, especially after what Josiah was saying. Ever since Josiah shared about soul winning. Yeah. It just did something in my spirit. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Where am I encouraging people? Great commission. So, like, when you're sharing all of this, and even with the signs and wonders and all this stuff, that just goes with it. It sure does. I, I, believe, I believe that we're going to experience it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. I think the signs and wonders follow the work. Yeah. So if you people are like, why am I not doing signs and wonders? Well, what are you doing? <laughs> are you doing anything? <laughs> are you doing even basic things? If, I don't know if you think about it. Like, if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, then we have opportunities. Right. You know. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, that's what it's about. Right. That's awesome. All right. So this word vexed, where it says vexed with unclean spirits, is the Greek word okaleo. And it means to mob or harass. So you have people that are vexed by unclean spirits. They're just harassing them. Right. Boy, I tell you, I know all about those things. And then uh, the shadow of Peter, though this may seem strange to modern readers, it indicates that the Holy Spirit was so powerfully manifested in and around Peter that even those who only came near him experienced the healing of the Holy Spirit. Which I think that's awesome. And again, when, when somebody has a mantle, right, an anointing, and an appointing, because you have your anointing has to come with your appointing, right? Um, there's many people that are anointed but have yet to be appointed, just like David, right? And before, we, and on a side note, right, you have your anointing, and then you have your season of disappointing, right, before you get your appointing. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? true. Um, that is true. Uh, and so what did these miraculous healings do for the early church? We have three things here. It says, number one, they attracted new believers. So people are attracted to the spectacle. Yeah, hey, they get the message of the gospel uh, and their, their repentance, right? They convert uh, in their minds to believing on Yeshua as Messiah. Uh, number two is they confirmed the truth of the apostles' teaching that Jesus was who he claimed to be, the Son of God. It gave them credibility. Right, so it's one thing for us to say all these great things about Yeshua, right, and give our testimony. But how do we have credibility without Yeshua showing up and then right. doing things in the midst of the people? Right. And number three, they demonstrated that the power of the Messiah, who had been crucified and risen, was now with his followers. And then people would be like, "Well, I want that power." Yeah, you know, uh, I think you you can go to two different churches. You can go to one that seems like pretty dead, and you can go to another one that's spirit filled. Right. And which one is going to be like uh, more? Which one is no, people yeah, going to be more? The one impacted that has by? life, yeah. The one that has life, exactly right. So, praise the Lord. All right. So, what two points, Pastor Nick, did you get from Acts chapter five, verses one through sixteen? Well, my first point is always be honest, sincere, and practice your own genuine faith. Okay. Mm-hmm. And. Um, once again, always be honest, sincere, and practice your own genuine faith. It'll get you a long ways. Uh, number two, don't lie because one lie can lead to another lie. Mm. It sure does. And we know that Satan is the father of lies. Yes, he yeah. is the father of lies. And that's, that's scriptural. This is kind of interesting. Leviticus 19.11. Okay, let's see it. I thought this was an interesting verse in regards to lying. 19.25 is the second greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. I think. Leviticus 19.11. (laughs) Oh, boy. You shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. Think about it. So lying is like stealing. Yeah. Because you're stealing the truth. Wow. I've heard that before. What is uh, it? Is it 19.25? Is it uh, love your neighbor as yourself? Uh, no. No? Maybe it's 1918 or something. I don't know. I totally got that messed up. I can tell you. I know where to find the cross-reference, and I can just find it. In the New Testament, it's in Mark uh, chapter 12, uh, where Jesus quotes it. Uh, <coughs> it says... Uh, uh, which is the first of all commandments. It is, yeah, 1918. 
See, I knew it was an 18 or 25. I go back and forth. Let me read that. 1918? Leviticus 1918? Leviticus 1918. Because it gives that list of things, right? Don't lie. Don't do all these things, right? And then it, like, culminates with, like, the categorized, the categorized version of it. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. I want to thank you personally for going to the book of Leviticus. (laughs) It just just touched me. It's my deep pleasure. Um, all right, so my two points. Number one was do what you say you're going to do. Be careful what you let come out of your mouth because your butt has to fulfill it. <laughs> my dad used to say, don't let your alligator mouth override your hummingbird behind. He used to say it in more colorful language. But um, I So what, what, do what? Don't, oh, do what you say you're going to do. Right? Make your actions and your words align. Um, this is also, I want to say, the, one of the keys to happiness in life. Just being genuine, period. Um, my, my second point was uh, don't allow your desire for status uh, cause you to sin. And that goes, I mean, I think there's so many applications to that. Like, think about young people when they're trying to be, you know, part of the cool crowd in school. And they're willing to do things that compromise their their morals in order to get into that. And it goes all the way into adulthood. People want a position at work, right? And so they're willing to do things that they shouldn't do in order to get that position, you know, or to get into that inside upper echelon, you know? So what if you want power and purpose or power and position? probably have to do it a better way everybody wants power and position yeah everybody wants to rule the world every (laughs) i see what you did there um you get me like then my brain goes off into 80s music and it's so funny that it's so true everybody wants to rule the world yeah well i don't know about everyone to rule the world but everybody wants what they perceive to be power and position they want to be in control of you know the things that are that they care about right right so um some people want it for different reasons, right? But everybody wants power and position, and um, doing things that you shouldn't do to get it is a problem, right? We, how does Yeshua teach us to get power and position through serving others, through right. servant leader? He literally laid down his life, and now he's the most powerful name in the whole world. So, doing the opposite of what most people would think is how you would get power and position. Yeshua has the name above every name. Yeah. That's good. By by laying down his life. I like that. Before the scoffers and the mockers and those that would... would I like that. I mean, he literally you know, showed the, the way to do it. You know, I'm, I'm learning, you know. I'm learning to uh, to hold my position, but I can be quiet. I can be soft-spoken or I can be very gentle and um, and wait for that opportunity. Amen. You know, I realize the enemy likes to throw a temper tantrum, <laughs> flail all over the ground, you know, foam with the mouth. Oh yeah. And um, I kind of like and to make do that a scene, too. make a scene. Yeah. And it's like that's not that's not God's children. We don't we don't have to do that. No. I mean, I know I would tend to want to be a little more, you know, demonstrative. But the thing is, it's like it, I, I realize it really doesn't achieve anything. You get more done if you're calm. Uh, if you're calm, cool and collective, if you're calm, and you just, you know, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I want to tell you. Instead of letting that emotion speak through you, be calm, cool, and collective, you know. I'm learning that. Mm-hmm. This thing called emotional intelligence, right? Your ability to use your cognitive mind to uh, allow you to step out of situations and see them from the outside. Emotional intelligence. Didn't we write a, or read a book about that? A while back. Emotional, emotional intelligence. I'm not really sure. It sounds kind of familiar. It does. Emotional intelligence. It's uh, one of the key metrics in business now that they use. So instead of just an IQ, right, an EQ, and an emotional quotient. Right. Because, you know, people can really, really blow up their, uh, their organization. Why don't you pray us out? Father, we just want to thank you right now for this incredible lesson that we learned from the book of Acts with Ananias and Sapphira in the early church. And Father, we know with every great new chapter that you give in your redemptive plan as you give opportunities to expand your redemptive plan. But we need to follow, follow your protocol and your spirit and do it the right way. And so right now, Father, we just ask you to forgive us for the little lies that we would tell, the little white lies and 
fibs and things that aren't aren't true father or even our exaggeration sometimes i know i exaggerate and i ask for forgiveness for that uh, that's a form of lying and so you know it's like the the saying you know hey i caught this fish it was this big you know but i just want to thank you for allowing us to have that forgiveness and to be honest and sincere and to have genuine faith and to uh hold on to that that we don't need to impress anybody we don't need to to try to manipulate or lie and so we just ask you to uh, cleanses of all that cleanses of all lying and fibbing and, and all that stuff little white lies and they, they we call it the gray area you know we go into all this other stuff we just uh, we just come forth and just take responsibility for our our commitments in our lives and we just thank you father for beta Hila and we know that satan is the father of lies and we just pray that the lying spirit would not be in our church and we cast it far from this place the lying spirit must go and we just uh thank you for this example of ananias and sapphira and uh we just ask all this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Well, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Amen. Uh, if you guys uh, want to reach out or, or want to keep the conversation going, please do it in the comments, especially on YouTube. Uh, that'll help us out in growing that. Uh, if you're not subscribed on YouTube, if you're listening to this on like an audio version, please go to YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell so that you'll get notifications when we put out new episodes. And give us some feedback. Yeah, comments and and you know subscription. Uh, we haven't had some folks you know uh, chatting with us on the Facebook page this past week, uh, which was cool. Um, but uh, let let us let us know what you think. Also, uh, you can email me personally at ryan at twopraise.net, and that's also for Pastor Nick as well, ryan at twopraise.net, and we'll both you know see those. And uh, if you need anything, like I said, just reach out. Bless you. Have a great week. 